Open your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 will serve as the majority of our text for our lesson this morning. Good to be amongst you on this Lord's Day, as has been mentioned. A wonderful day. Appreciate Chuck reading that from Psalms this morning. A good, a good place to be. It's in the house of the Lord on the first day of the week. And so honored to be able to stand before you and bring you a lesson from God's Word. The Bible describes Jesus in so many different ways. We dedicated a, our gospel meeting, in fact, to just a handful of those ways that Jesus is described in, in Scripture. And for this lesson this morning, I wanted us to look at three ways that John describes Jesus here in the first chapter of his gospel. In these first few words in chapter 1, John describes Jesus as the Word. He describes him as the life. He describes him as the light. So I want to take a few moments this morning to look at each one of these things. The Word, the life, and the light. And see what they might mean to us as Christians today. Jack read for us a, a portion of uh, John chapter 1, but I'd like to read beginning in verse 1 here in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by Him, and apart from Him nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was the life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came from as a witness, that he might bear witness to the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came that he might bear witness of the light. There was the true light, which, coming into the world, enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Verse 14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, There is he who comes, uh, there was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have received, and grace upon grace, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father. He has explained him. Such beautiful words. Such beautiful description of our Lord. The Word, the life, and the light. Now John goes through and talks about the light that came into the world to enlighten all men. Beautiful words here. But let's go back. Let's look at each one of these attributes. First, we'll start with the Word. 
verses 1 and 2 there, it says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. This speaks of our Lord's deity. We looked at His deity in our gospel meeting and spent um, time looking at that. Our brother Alan McNabb brought a lesson looking at the deity of Jesus Christ. And it's so very important. Many of the world want to overlook that and say that Jesus was a good man, but not deity. We look to passages like this and understand that indeed he was. He said the word was God. This leaves no doubt about his deity. No doubt whatsoever. And the time frame here also helps us to understand the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, in the beginning was the word. He was there in the beginning. Before the heavens and the earth were created, he was there. He is timeless, as our God is timeless. We're reminded of this in John 8, verse 58, when Jesus says, Before Abraham was born, I am. It speaks of the timelessness of our Lord. He was here before the beginning, and he will be here everlasting. We also know that from verse 14. Look what it says there in verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. If there's any doubt about who this is talking about, who John is talking about, about the word, it says here the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Leaving no doubt in our mind who he's talking about. It says there the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Begotten there is an interesting word. To beget means to bring a child into existence. It speaks there of Son of God, the only begotten of the Father. A child brought into existence. Helps us understand also the humanity of our Lord. Being born of Mary. Come into this world as a man. Yet as our Lord, and as, as our God as well. So while Jesus speaks of his own timelessness there in John 8, before Abraham was born, I am, he was still born into the world. He was still begotten of the Father. Wonderful when we think about that, put all that together. How our Lord came into this world. Dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Dwelt among us. John here, the apostle, talking about how he witnessed Jesus Christ, in the flesh, full of grace and truth. It goes on to say there in verse 18, No man has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son of the Father, who is the bosom of the Father. He has explained Him. No man has seen God. But seeing the truth and the glory in Jesus Christ, we get a glimpse of God. And these apostles did, John included. We often talk about Jesus' command of the scriptures. How he had such full command of the scriptures when he was able to refute so powerfully his opponents with the word of God. But if you think about this in just a moment, for just a moment, he is the scriptures. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is Jesus Christ. When we talk about his command of the scriptures, he is the scriptures. Look back in Luke 
chapter 4 with me for just a moment. Such a wonderful example of this. I think about this often. When we think about Jesus' command of the scriptures and his relationship with the scriptures and how he was the word. In Luke chapter 4, beginning of verse 16. And, it came, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed upon him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. I just love this scene. Think about exactly what's taking place here. Jesus is beginning his ministry. He's been tempted in the wilderness by the devil. He's beginning his ministry. He goes to the synagogue. And he stands up to read. and They hand him the book, which, is a, which was a scroll. And he opened it to Isaiah and he read from this. And he read here about his own coming to the world to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he hands the book back to the attendant and sat, sits down and he says, Today, this prophecy has been fulfilled in your hearing. This was someone handing the word to the word. And he read from it. The exact place that needed to be read at the exact right time. As he begins his ministry, he's saying, the favorable year of the Lord is here. It's in me. I have brought this about. He goes on to talk about some more things from Scripture here, and they're marveling at what he's saying. And even it comes down there to verse 28, and the synagogue was filled with rage as they heard these things. Who is this man to bring these things? And they rose up to cast him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill and where the city had been built in order to throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went on his way. The Word. Jesus Christ is the Word. And in so being, he is worthy of our praise. In John 20 and verse 28, after Thomas said he wouldn't believe that Jesus Christ had been risen unless he himself touched the wounds on his body, Jesus comes to him and says, Thomas, reach here. And after he did, Thomas says, my Lord and my God. Jesus goes on in verse 29 to say, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who do not see and yet believed. It took Thomas that physical realization to believe that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. Jesus says, those are blessed who have not seen this and still believe in me. God is worthy of our praise. Jesus Christ is worthy of our praise simply by who he is and the things that he has done for us. And he is worthy because he is the Son of God, the only begotten of the Father, and he is the Word of God. Back in John 1, John also talks about Jesus being the life. 
in verses 3 and 4. It says, all things came into being by him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has to come into being. In him was the life, and the light was, was the light of men. He is the creator and the sustainer of life. All things came into being. All things came into being. So what does that leave out? Nothing. All things came into being. In Colossians 1, verses 16 and 17, it says, For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Notice what it says in verse 17. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Not only is Jesus Christ the creator, but he holds all these things together. Sometimes I think we overlook that fact. He holds all things together. Similar language in Hebrews chapter 1, beginning of verse 1, it says, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. So perfectly aligned with what John says about our Lord. The radiance, the exact representation of his nature. Look what it says there in verse 3. And upholds all things by the word of his power. Jesus is not only the creator of life, but he's the sustainer of it all. He's created all things and he sustains all things. The sustainer of life. In Sunday evenings, we've been looking at a series of lessons on abundant life. Abundant life that we as Christians can enjoy. John 10, 10 says, I came that they, may, that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Not only is he the creator and sustainer of life, but he wants us to have that life abundantly. He wants us to be blessed in this life and the life to come. Jesus is that abundant life. It is through him that we have that abundant life, and in him that we have that abundant life as well. The only way we have an abundant spiritual life is through Jesus Christ. And the only way we can have that abundant life is to be buried with him in baptism. Romans 6 talks about this burying, about being buried in baptism. And after being buried, we walk in what? In newness of life. Jesus Christ is the life. We come in contact with that blood of our Lord in baptism. And when we rise up, we're a new creature to walk in newness of life. Without this, we're, we're walking around as, as dead people. Paul says in Ephesians 2 and verse 1, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. We're dead in our trespasses and sins. We're walking around like dead people. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the life. And coming in contact with him through baptism, we arise that new creature to walk in newness of life. And while we are dead in our trespasses and our sins, Thanks be to God that through Jesus Christ, we don't have to remain that way. Verse 5, 
there. It says, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Even though we were dead in our trespasses and sins, we've been made alive through Jesus Christ. By grace we have been saved. Having been saved, we look forward to our own resurrection. John 11, verse 25 says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. So the life that we have in Jesus Christ not only gives us the blessings in this life that we have, the blessings that we have of our brothers and sisters in Christ, the things that we enjoy in this life, the ability to come here on this first day of the week and worship our God, those are blessings. That's an abundant life. But Jesus says not only that, if you're in me, if you abide in me, you're going to have life everlasting. Life after this life. What a wonderful blessing that is. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. John also talks about Jesus as the light. We live in a world of darkness. In Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 17, it says, So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer according to the Gentiles in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart, and they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. We live in a world of darkness. We live in a world of sin. And that sin is so often equated with darkness. But Jesus brought light into the world. Back in John 1, in verses 4 and 5, it says, In him was the life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Isaiah 9 and verse 2 says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And while there is darkness in this world, there is a great light that has come into it. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Colossians 1 and verse 13 says, For he rescued us from the domain of darkness. He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transfer, transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. We don't have to walk in that darkness any longer. Because Jesus has come into the world as a light to rescue us from that domain of darkness. And what is that light? What does it mean that Jesus is a light? One thing that it is is knowledge. Look in verse 9. It says, There was the true light which, coming into the world, enlightens every man. One thing about this light is that it is knowledge. Look with me over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. <clears throat> Beginning in verse 1. Paul says, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. 
But we have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of, tr- the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, that they not, may not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. That wonderful, beautiful light is knowledge. Enlightens every man. A knowledge of the gospel. A knowledge of our own Lord. The things that he has done. To bring us to him. Through his death, burial, and resurrection. In this truth, it is this truth of the gospel which convicts mankind of their sins. Go back to John for just a moment. Back to John chapter 3. It is this truth of the gospel which convicts mankind of their sins. John chapter 3 and beginning verse 19. It says, And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who practices the truth uh, comes to the light that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. This true gospel, this light, convicts men of their sins, convicts us of our sins. This light shines in the dark place, exposing our sins. And if we walk in the truth, Scripture says that we walk in the light. In John 8, verse 12, it says, Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Chapter 12 of John, beginning in verse 35, says, So Jesus said to them, For a little while longer the light is among you. Walk while you have the light. So that darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become come sons of light. If we walk in the truth, we walk in the light. That's what scripture tells us. In 1 John uh, chapter 1, verses 5-7 through seven says, This is the message that we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. We say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness. We lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Walking in the light. Notice the idea and the tense of the verbs there, walk. Walking. It's an ongoing thing. Something that we do every day. We don't walk. We have not walked past tense. 
We walk, present tense, continuing, walking in the light. Apostle John speaks of Jesus being the Word and the life and the light. The Word illustrates His deity, illustrates His timelessness, how He was here from the beginning and always will be. The life tells us of the spiritual blessings that we can have in this life and of the life to come. Jesus wants us to have life and have it more abundantly and share in the blessings that we have on this earth, but ultimately to have that life after death that is promised to those children who obey him and are faithful to him. And the light enlightens us. The light enlightens us to understanding and the true knowledge of the gospel of our Lord and Savior. Jesus being the Word, He's given us the light. He's shone that, shone that light in the dark place. What a blessing we have to be able to have the Word of God. Is that light that shines in the dark place. And that we can walk in that light, being faithful to God. So the question for us, what it comes down to is, are we walking in the light? Are we abiding in Christ? There's two options. If you're not walking in the light, what? You're walking in darkness. There's no other option. We're walking in the darkness, stumbling around at the mercy of other blind men and women being led further and further away from the light, stumbling and fumbling around in the darkness. But thanks be to God that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to rescue us from that darkness. So if you're still stumbling around in that darkness, you need to be rescued, and you can be. But you need to make that change now. You need to come out of darkness and step into the light. And if you've done that, you're a child of God. You've been baptized into his kingdom. The charge is to keep going. The charge is to remain in the light. That requires being faithful. Being faithful to death. And I will give you the crown of life, as Jesus says there in Revelation 2 and verse 10. So our charge as Christians, our charge as children of God, is to continue to walk in the light. If you are not doing that, if you need to make changes in your life, if you need to confess sin, if you need to step out of that darkness and once again be in that marvelous light, we can help you with that. And you can let that be known by coming forward as together we stand and sing.